Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone. Thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm Darren Javad, your host, and I'm joined today with my co-host, Tina Murray. Tina, how are you today? I'm great, Darren. Thank you. And uh, excited about another podcast. And uh, I know that it's kind of tough to say excited about a podcast uh, regarding divorce, but here we are. Um, So today we have Cynthia Squire. She is a lawyer with Lister Beaupre Law Firm. Um, So welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) Yeah. So I see you are back in your office. And um, I got a kid in the back. So if we're on video and you see me move, it's because I have a child that decided to creep in. (laughs) I think you are lucky enough to be in your actual office today. Are things uh, starting starting to kind of open up again in the law world? Um, Well, essentially, yes. The courts did close on uh, March 17th, um, and they prioritized urgent matters. Um, They did send out directions uh, to the profession for for us um, at the beginning of May, where we're going to be having some uh, case conferences now, as well as settlement conferences that we can can schedule with the court. And they're going to be having virtual, uh, virtual hearings as well as teleconferences. So the judges are getting up to speed on all of that. So when's that supposed to be starting, Cynthia? I believe it's, it's already started now. So there were all appearances that were scheduled for March and April were adjourned, um, basically to appearances that could be rescheduled later. And the courts will get in touch with you or your lawyer um, as to when you're going to reschedule those appearances. But your lawyer can now also schedule uh, those appearances for you now as well to be heard virtually. So Cynthia, let me ask you a question. So do you see like a big backlog? Like, is there like a big bottleneck right now because of this whole COVID thing? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, I myself had about six scheduled matters in uh, in March and April. And right now is usually the time that the May trial sittings will start. Um, and they usually run for about two weeks uh, in Ottawa at least um, for those sittings and they are not happening as far as I am aware right now. So it's going to cause a backlog uh, not only with beginning cases, it's going to cause a backlog in uh, getting cases to trial as well. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Which it would usually in a normal period of time, it could take a year and a half uh, to two years, depending on scheduling um, in the area for, for to make a trial. So now it's going to extend it even more. How, how much uh, further down the road do you anticipate, or maybe not you, but like just guessing from a, a typical caseload, do you, do you see this pushing these things out for like how far out? Uh, well, if you do choose or if you have to go to court, I would see that it would be uh, pushing it quite far off into the future. Um, the courts are allowing you to now issue applications again online um, as well as respond to them. Uh, with your answers and whatnot, but uh, your hearing may be quite delayed. Um, mm. it, it, I would say more than six weeks, possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, think, possibly you, even more than that. So, Cynthia, do you, let me ask you a question. Do you, do you, do you think that this whole thing is going to help uh, incentivize people to settle maybe a little bit 
maybe be a little bit more forgiving on some things to try to get things done? Uh, I would hope so. Um, there are a lot of alternative dispute resolution options available to you if you can't uh, go to court uh, or if it's going to take too long to get there. And for the most part, for family law matters, court is not the best place to go. Um, it, it's very conflictual. It's also the most expensive and takes the longest amount of time. Right. So, yeah. And there are um, mediators who are um, doing virtual mediations um, as well as other dispute resolution uh, processes um, as well, where, uh, where you would negotiate an outcome. So essentially that's what I'm doing right now is I'm attempting to negotiate outcomes with my clients um, as well as attending uh, virtual mediations. Okay. So <laughs> I, I, think we, I think the dog's got a question for you, uh, but that's okay. <laughs> as hard as I try to plan my mute and my unmute button, it doesn't work. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, it, these are the new realities of COVID, right? So a lot yeah. of us are all working from uh, the, the safety of our homes. And I know some of us have the ability to work from the office. Uh, which is good too, but you know, we get lots of noise around here too, right? So it's all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, Tina, maybe we should, uh, you can follow up. Do you have a question? Yeah. So Cynthia, like, you know, if, if, if I was going through divorce or some of your clients that are going through separation and divorce and sort of may have just kind of gotten the ball going prior to this whole outbreak and shutdown, what is some advice? Like, what are some things you can tell those people to do in the meantime while they're waiting for perhaps an additional six, eight weeks or longer? Um, well, my suggestion would be to be uh, as patient as possible um, with, with the court system if you are in court right now. If you're not in court, then I would highly, highly recommend that you use an alternative dispute resolution process rather than even engaging the courts at all. So my suggestion would be that you would attend a, uh, or consider mediation, um, as well as um, you could also find a lawyer who uh, does collaborative practice um, as well, which is another alternative dispute resolution um, mechanism that we have as well. Right. So I know we've had Jim talking on the show a few times that, that talked a little bit about collaborative practice, but you know, essentially what happens, I guess, is that each family has their own lawyer uh, or each individual has their own lawyer and then they bring in other specialists to help uh, kind of broker a deal, I guess, is, 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 is one way of looking at it, I guess, right? Between the two sides? Yeah, e essentially, yes. Yeah. So they would bring in people such as uh, family professionals like social workers or other uh, counselors, as well as financial professionals, if all of those are required. Um, but essentially, it would mean that you wouldn't be going to court if you do a collaborative uh, process. Right, right. Okay, good. Tina? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, of course, kids pick the time now. Anyway, um, so, okay, the other thing I wanted to talk about a little bit about with you was how, um, the, you know, obviously there's some great things to do uh, if you're in that position, but what about, um, like, families that are struggling? You know, they're in the middle of this. Um, custody battles are ongoing. How are the courts dealing with that? And, and you know, there obviously has to be some urgency you know, particularly if a child's welfare is at stake. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, so the court is accepting um, urgent matters to them. So essentially, like when you walk into the hospital emergency department, they're going to triage you to determine whether or not your matter is urgent. And then they would either allow or not allow a hearing to uh, take place. Um, but one of the most common questions that I get, I still get now is, um, do I have to obey the orders for access or parenting time with my ex-spouse or should my child only stay at one house? Um, and the answer is the court does expect all orders to be followed and that the children would stay with the regular parenting schedule that they had before COVID started. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of, well, I was going to say like some parents may sort of feel that like, um, okay, like I have custody Monday to Friday, he has custody on weekends, I'm totally following all the social distancing rules, and I know he isn't, or, or vice versa, or whatever. What, like, how does a parent deal with that, particularly in, in a custody arrangement style? Um, well, fortunately, we have had some rulings come out, um, and really, the, I'm just looking at some of the cases here, and I have been doing some work on and reviewing some of the cases um, as well, is, is that the parents are um, to communicate with each other, essentially, and not to, I'm trying to think of the right words, not to do like a very small, like nitpicky uh, analysis of everything that um, their ex-spouse or child's other parent may may do. So simply because you don't agree um, that the child should be going somewhere doesn't mean that um, the child shouldn't see their other parent or that access or parenting time can be interfered with. Right. So, so. so do, you, do you find that, that some parents these days are using the COVID as an excuse not to, to allow their, the other spouse to have the child? Like, is this something that's uh, going on? Some will. Um, and generally right now, the courts have not been accepting of that unless there are significant reasons like the child themselves is immunocompromised or the yeah. child who, if the child lives with a parent who is immunocompromised, who is not uh, practicing the safe social distancing um, that is being required right now. But the courts expect that the parents are going to uh, take heed of the public health uh, guidelines and not and, and to communicate with each other, essentially. Right. And mm -hmm. I was going to say, uh, child support. I mean, obviously, there's lots of people whose incomes have been impacted. So child support, I mean, if somebody's gone from, you know, three, four thousand, five thousand dollars a month to two, how, how is that being affected? Um, with a, a lot of files that I have, we have been decreasing the amount of child support because everybody is in the same situation. Um, in terms of everyone is has a reduction of income um, and we will essentially be looking at what the uh, total amount for the year would have been mm -hmm. after the fact so that's right. what that's what I've been doing with a lot of my files and I found that's been um, easier but when you have files with some that are very high conflict it may not work out as well right right so basically it's like a catch-up payment right you reduce it now and then if it goes um, if, if the amount that that's owing at the end of the year ends up, it doesn't even out, then, then there's like a balloon payment or something like that. Is that what's happening? Yeah. 
Yeah, there could be an overpayment or an underpayment. That could happen in any given year because we usually do adjust support, to child support at least, uh, on, on a yearly basis based on income, right. unless it's in a trivial amount. Um, but for the most part right now, people's salaries or, or, or lack thereof are not being decreased by a trivial amount. It's quite significant. Okay. And it, are you doing the same thing? Is the same thing being applied uh, as, if, as it goes to uh, spousal support? Same thing? Um, that depends. Um, but spousal support is a, a little different. Um, it really, it really depends on the entire situation as a whole. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Interesting. So I, another question I have for you is, and this is a bit of a tongue in cheek, I guess you'd call it mm -hmm. because you hear, you hear online, uh, people making a bit of jokes about, volume and you know people being forced into uh living conditions with with uh, their current partners that maybe you know this is going to kind of uh, this whole situation is going to push people over the edge right and uh, i asked you before we went uh we started recording i asked you if um you're seeing any uptick in business and whatnot and divorcing cases and uh so what's it, well, let's talk about that do you, do you do you foresee something like that happening in the ottawa area um, I do foresee it, as you said, uh, when people have spent time with their significant others for a lengthy period of time over, say, a holiday period like the summer or even the Christmas holiday, um, we tend to, to see an increase in separations um, and divorces, which is the unfortunate. Um, but we expect the same to occur um, once, once people, uh, once we have the social distancing um, lessened a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Another thing I think. Yeah. Go ahead, Darren. No, I was just going to say, I think another outcome might be also another baby boom. Right. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yes. You know, it, well, it just, it's going hand in hand. Right. So it's just. <laughs> yeah. Divorce isn't a baby boom. Yeah. <laughs> which will be, no, I was just going to be a little bit sarcastic and say, which will be followed by a divorce again because they really didn't want the child. They just, you know, whatever. Anyway. <laughs> Well, baby booms could be good too. You got a question? I was just gonna say, you know, I think that like this whole COVID probably is going to exasperate a lot of relationship issues and 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 uh, well, obviously financial troubles, but which can sometimes lead to relationship issues, right? Um, and 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 family, just family situations, and I'm sure that um, being during this COVID time, um, it's not been an easy road for anybody, whether they're thinking about it or going or going through it already. Right. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you have a lot of clients coming to you that are just feeling like despair or how do you, like, what are they feeling? What is their general sense from your client perspective? Um, for the most part, the clients who are still living with their ex-spouses are having a very difficult time right now. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes when people separate, they will live in the same house until everything has been settled. So um, those people who are living separate and apart in the same house are having quite a difficult time. Mm -hmm. um, but my, from, for the most part, um, everybody seems to be working together, at least in my client pool, which is helpful. Mm -hmm. um, and the problems have not been very major, which has been a very helpful as well. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was, I was, was going to actually say, I'm surprised that um, maybe uh, violence might be on an increase, you know, or, or just uh, confrontation 
like like increased amounts of confrontation between people. I I, I mean, I have no idea because I'm just kind of guessing, but I would think that this situation would kind of like push people to the breaking point, right? And like psychologically enough. Yeah, there are um, reports that um, the actual reporting of uh, violence against women and children and others and spouses has been has decreased, but oh. that doesn't mean it's not happening. Okay. Mm -hmm. well, that's a I wonder if it's, I wonder if it's decreased because they have no they feel like they have no other options and no choices. That's so right. Just, mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Do you do you deal with a lot of domestic violence issues? I do, um, not a lot, but I do deal with domestic violence um, issues. Uh, I accept legal aid certificates. Uh, sometimes that comes with it, but it comes with every every file. There is the potential um, for that okay. that we're always screaming for. Yeah. And what do you do in those cases? Like, do you have resources available? I mean, I am being a bit cheeky here with DivorceNet, but you know, resources available in general to sort of give to people to. For, for places to seek and, and support outside of the legal institution. Yep, there are a lot of uh, community service centers that do offer counseling uh, for, for people who have experienced abuse in their relationships. Um, there's many service centers, re religious or not, um, that I would refer my clients to if they have experienced um, abuse in their relationship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I mean, good to know for sure, yeah. Anything, anything you'd like to say, like for your, for your clients or people that may be listening to this that are in the process or just having a really tough time and don't know where to go, like, or what to do, any advice of what steps they should take? Um, well, the most important step is definitely to keep um, your communication channels open with your ex-spouse to avoid misunderstandings, um, as well as to try to adapt as much as possible to the new to the new realities. Um, it is, it's going to be, it's difficult for everybody and it is going to be a difficult haul on a long-term, short-term. I mean, we just found out today that school's not gonna be back in Ontario until September. So it's, we all need to cooperate and, and. <laughs> get along. <laughs> That's right, get yeah. along, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and when do you foresee the courts like really starting to open up? Um, that I ha I'm not sure. I know they're closed right now until July the 6th. Um, that's what the um, recent memos uh, mentioned. Um, but it still could be virtual hearings um, for, for a lengthy period of time and moving forward. Wow. So it's a much needed, much needed changes in bringing the legal profession into our new century. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I always feel calmer whenever I talk to Cynthia, I tell you. Anyways, you always calm. I'm, nice, calm, like relaxed me. conversation. So I'm like me. We, <laughs> hyper all the time. So we're going to wrap it up there, I think, Cynthia. But we appreciate you being on the show and, and talking to the listeners and giving a little insight as to where things are going and where things are trending. Um, why don't you tell everyone how they can get a hold of you if they want to have a conversation about their situation? Sure. Yeah, you can reach me at Lister Beaupre. Um, the telephone number here is 613-234-2500. And you can also find me at Cynthia at ListerLawyers.com. 
That's perfect. And you can also find you on the DivorceNet website. So that's fantastic too. connect yeah. with you on there as long with all the other awesome professionals uh, that can help through the divorcing process. So thank yeah. you for being on the show. We appreciate your time and uh, we look forward to seeing everyone on the other side of the mic when this is all over. Great. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, Cynthia. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.